Welcome to Syncifying Syncify. On the show, we find the best content on building your startup. We then sync up and explain our biggest lessons to you, the listener, and try to apply those learnings to our own startup, Syncify. We look at what we can do as a young startup, building the future of social audio, and give some insights into what really happens as you build an idea into an actual business. I'm Sam Harris, your host and the CEO of Syncify. This season, we are syncing up over the Y Combinator Startup School series of lectures, which are a really good resource for anyone trying to build a business or launch something. You can also join the Y Combinator Startup School for free yourself online if you're interested and enjoy the content. I'm delighted to be joined the entire season by my co-host Jack Hughes, who is both my best friend and business partner here at Syncify. Welcome to the podcast with my annoying co-host. Exactly. Thanks, Jack. Today, we're talking about how to prioritize your time, which was another fun lecture. And we had some different views on this. I liked it. Jack thought, this is so silly. Isn't this very obvious? And we will probably conflict through the thing, but this is great. We're going to get more in sync by discussing these things and what we learned. So we actually haven't had a conflict thus far on any of these. We've been pretty in sync about all of it. We had very different opinions of what the hell we were doing with our business and what was the important thing for like the week. And, and yeah, it was mildly stressful to, to say the least. Uh, but so it's been nice that we've been coming together on these things. And it's certainly been a huge thing. Is in one of the points that comes up later in this lecture is to actually, it's for all the people to understand the vision and the, and the main priorities so that you're all kind of working together. Otherwise, you are just wasting a lot of time by like going in different directions, which is something that we did suffer from. And it's a bit of a hard, like on your day basis, hard to sort of say, okay, how do I prioritize my time and like not waste it by doing that stuff? But it's the bigger things that you can sort of get to by aligning around vision and like exactly who your target market is and this kind of stuff before you get into the daily basis of like what you're doing and how to like not procrastinate and stuff which is a bit more of what this is so anyway it was a nice lecture that sort of makes the point that like time is scarce and you obviously have low resources and you don't have time to do everything so you need to kind of do the most effective stuff to, to move quickly otherwise you can just waste all your time and if you're a human you've probably got other things to do like exercising spending time with friends and family hobbies sleeping and then the rest of it is startup and you kind of maybe lose quite a lot of those other things just do startup then about you jack that i have been sleeping less doing less hobbies haven't seen any friends because it's locked down Except for you, which is nice. And hardly see my family, even though I live with them. But I am exercising. <laughs> and I'll often go for exercise at the point where I'm supposed to be seeing my family. Like, like at the point where it's like dinner. I'm like, oh, I've just gone for a run. 7.45 and I've got my meeting at 8 p.m. Well, I'll just take my dinner and go upstairs and have my meeting. <laughs> but I'm trying to do less of that. I've gone from running 40 kilometers a week to less than 10 kilometers a week. I've gone from drinking not so much to probably like a little bit every night. I haven't seen any friends apart from you or Ollie and maybe like Ollie's family. Apart from today where I'm going to London, I've been more stressed. I've been probably sleeping more because I like want to go back to sleep as soon as I wake up in the morning and generally a little bit more anxious because I probably haven't been doing the other things I need to be doing around thinking about the business. Like I know if I go on a run, I will work better, but I don't go on a run because I feel like I have to work. That's, and that's a very weird thing in your head. Yeah, definitely. 
been interesting though because I think uh, this week I think we actually came a bit less stressed and a bit better on the priorities which I think we can explain a bit afterwards before we just ourselves the whole time <laughs> but anyway as they say in the lecture you kind of probably are focusing on your startup and you want to use that time as effectively as possible or maybe you're only working two days a week and you're like you are busy because you've got another job or something, but you need to really prioritize this and so one issue is that people spend a lot of time on fake progress and so they think they're doing things but they're kind of just like prodding around with the idea and not actually going anywhere and you can do that for like a whole year and like some people do this for their lives and never actually get around to the important things that you need to do and essentially something that we're coming to just keep on talking about is that the most important things are talking to users and building product or shipping product rather than just building because you can kind of build infinitely and not ship so all you need to do is iterate on making it better and talking to people about how to make it better and what their problems are. And anything else is kind of probably fake progress, they say. And you want to define your KPIs. So some of the KPIs that can be useful usually is people is like either revenue, like are people actually paying for things or active users once you actually launch and you're trying to sell stuff. But it's good to set like a weekly goal for your primary KPIs if it's those or like something else before that to just sort of constantly keep you in focus when you have like okay three month target that's a bit loose so they like what is the sort of target this week and sort of keep it a bit smaller so maybe you know you want to have a thousand customers in three months time but perhaps this first week you just need to talk for like 10 and just sort of keep small steps constantly in your focus so you can just always be achieving them like smart goals and sort of make sure that when you're reviewing each week that you haven't done too much fake progress so things like fake progress would be winning awards attending conferences having lots of advisors or talking to them all the time going to pitch competitions press announcements being in the forbes under 30 for something going to networking events meeting famous people or optimizing for bullshit metrics like vanity stuff like more people signing up for things that actually doesn't mean they're going to pay. So to be fair, well, we can review this afterwards, but yeah, those are the things that you really need to, to avoid. And they, they do feel very useful and you feel like you can tell people about them and that you're doing good, but it doesn't actually make your product more valuable. And it doesn't mean that your users really like you. It adds some credibility and things, but you can spend a whole year just going and, and sort of talking to these people and getting iteration, but it doesn't make your product any better. So yeah, always focus on what real value is and that should be making your sort of framework for task prioritization. And so they've got this sort of idea that you should try and list all of the things that you might do over the week or the things that are on your task list. So like, everyone probably has like a lot of things to do. And so you can go through every sort of task and you should rate the impact of that task. Like how good would it be if you have that completed? You should also rate the complexity of the task. Like how long will it take to do? Is it going to be like a five week project? Is it going to be like two hours? And then you should have this sort of list of all the tasks and sort of with the combination of how impactful it is and how difficult it is to do. And you should try and choose just the ones that are high impact and easy to do or like medium. And so you basically just don't want to end up with a score that's going to sort of take your ages and not be low impact. That would be the worst. But some things that might take a long time, like refactoring all your code for a big feature, but actually it's not going to really affect people's use of the product and it is going to take you ages. That's like something you probably shouldn't do. Whereas adding a small new feature button that just lets people share it so other people can like join, like that could be a huge impact and it might take you an hour in the code. Like that's something you should do. So you just want to like really actually go through all these things together, perhaps with like other people just besides yourself, just to sort of sanity check and like really prioritize 
things for most impact, minimal effort. And then there's like the 2080 rule with your time, then she just gets so much more out of it. And then you, you don't try doing too many things at once. So if you have like a long list, don't try and do all of them because you just won't. And you'll probably like do bits of all of them and not finish. And it's better to like get things done. It is to find around doing lots of stuff. And then you can start having a score of like how well you are prioritizing. So after each week, you can sort of review, okay, how effectively did you go through these things? So Y Combinator in the startup school, they have just like a quick weekly review that takes half an hour and actually maybe less. You sort of, you say how many weeks you've got until product launch or if you are launched, what's been some of your biggest blockers? What's your biggest goal for next week? What's the team morale like? And it basically just keeps you on point and just quickly reviewing what's been going on, what's been failing and just sort of makes you realize where you're spending your time and where you should be spending your time, which is really useful. And so you should always have your primary KPI, which is like where you're heading and record like where you actually got to in it and what the goal should be. What's been the biggest barrier for your growth? What things you've accomplished that's been impactful and what have you learned? And that way you can just keep on learning and you can start removing your blockers and hopefully start getting through tasks in a more timely manner, such as getting to things that give you revenue and more users. So that's basically it. Uh, she does talk a bit about the make and manager schedule. So if you haven't tried running a business before, or you might not be so aware, especially if you've always been a manager, but you've actually got to start like delivering things. I find it very hard to be engaged with the team and like do lots of stuff and be like on LinkedIn and emailing people all the time and actually get anything done in terms of like writing business plans or coding. And so I really need to block up like half a day to actually get code done. Otherwise nothing really happens. And so if I have like a meeting in the middle of my afternoon, like I don't really get that much done. It's just more effective for me to like spend the pre-meeting time like emailing and then doing other stuff afterwards. If I just try and code, like I just kind of bang around and don't get much happening. And so if there's not many people of you, you need to like really be sensitive with the calendar and not like let people book at random times and say, okay, Monday is the day that I code or other things like that. And also I think something that we sort of found this week was a uh, I think Thursday afternoon you went to the beach without your laptop I think just to write and when you're on your laptop if you're like writing or doing things there's always other stuff coming at your at your attention if you kind of don't have your phone on you and you just have like a pen and paper like the amount of things that can go on in your brain when you just sort of give it those 30 seconds of not being sure what to think and like stuff like which just comes but when you're in the front of a computer you're just always doing it just always has more and more things for you to think about so you don't get like the potential for like the bigger ideas so getting some space like going for walks or spending an afternoon with just a notepad sitting outside and like going through some of the big picture things or like writing a blog but like not on your pc can be super useful to actually be more effective and think about your time and making sure that you're going for runs and other kinds of stuff it's actually really useful for that like, digesting information i personally found anyway <laughs> So that's the end of the actual, what we learned in the episode. But so Jack, I mentioned that you had some conflicting views. So let's jump into that. What did you think? <laughs> this is really funny music. because I entered startups way later than you and some of my other colleagues who were working with uh, startups. And this whole issue about time, it's like, I think if you've never worked in sales, it's very different to see the effect of missing deadlines or missing targets and things. Because if you worked in sales, if you don't make enough calls in a certain period of time and you don't close enough business in a certain period of time, you don't earn money or you don't get any of the money that you would do. So people who are motivated by commission, their deadlines, it doesn't matter if they miss a week or things get pushed back a little bit more than that or the project goes a little bit because missing their deadlines have less consequences. And when I joined growth and became like a growth person in marketing, someone who was really used to be really terrible at time management, I had a goal and I was only reviewed on that goal. I wasn't reviewed on anything else. 
I wasn't reviewed on what I was bringing to the table culturally or whether I was making really good cups of tea or anything like that. It was like, okay, your KPI is this amount of installs. If you don't deliver this amount of installs, you're doing something wrong. So you can break that into as many different things as possible. I could write a bunch of different blogs about it. I could be discussing things with influencers. I could be making my emails better. I could be doing all the stuff that it was talked about. But telling you things like speaking to a bunch of advisors, entering to a pitch competition, networking, winning awards, conferences. Like I was a bit like, yeah, because no one gets paid at the beginning. None of that stuff is paying me. None of that stuff that she's talking about is getting me anywhere near to being paid. And I don't understand why that takes explaining. So maybe you can give me some insight as to why that was way more obvious to me than it was to other people and why that needed to be said. Well, I guess when you're in a startup, you're making everything up as you go along. And when you're like a bigger business, like a lot of these like, processes are already in place and such. But at every single like week, progress happens but you're not sure what the biggest priorities are which is why it's sort of important to talk about priorities at each point but you also you haven't put systems in place and you're kind of making things up and then as i found it you're trying to do a million things at once you don't have time to even document how you're doing them because you're kind of doing them and they're all in your head so trying to bring on new employees is a bit of an interesting one because of you're trying to divide something that you do randomly at like two in the morning or something and turn it into like a proper process that they can follow for the day and like get them to understand what you're doing. So it helps if you have people that can like make stuff up and work out what is the biggest priority and just like do things when you're first employing because this is headspace to like put all this stuff into like a formalized process. And like that is kind of the, the effect. What makes you more effective is like being able to plan things out properly for others and communicate what needs to be done. She was talking about this is like for a really early startup. And like what startups are going to like really early in the position we're in, what startups are going and doing all these things? In our position, if you turn around to me and said, hey, I'm going to spend all of the next three days on networking calls and conferences. I'd be like, no, you're not. And if I said to you, oh, I'm going to enter into these pitch awards for the next two or three days, I'm going to be doing all this. You'd be like, no, you're not. We have done some, as in we have like done some pitch competitions and gone to networking things. We have been having calls with people that are like want to mentor us. And that has taken some of our time compared to like, and it did seem kind of important. And there have been more coming through that we could have gone for that we've actually been like, actually, wait, this takes time. We really need to focus on products. I think two weeks ago, we weren't doing this as good as we are now. And we have got an amount of like fake progress going on that wasn't real progress. And you look at like some of the companies that sort of, we feel didn't put as much effort in as we did, but like got funded just because they had like the one thing that people like wanted to talk and know about. And okay, I spent lots of time talking to people about like mentorship and like what I should be working on and like doing things that felt really useful, but didn't really get any product chip. And that's ultimately what people wanted to see to be able to then invest in us. I think one of the best things we learned so far was the division of like, when it comes to work that founders are doing, one is going to always see product. It should be product and building it coding and talking and building users and it's very quickly to tell how and the way she charted it was actually quite good was like this is a super necessary task this is a medium necessary this is a low necessity and the lowest ones were like booking calls with people in your network around the product and the and the top one was doing 10 pitches to hot leads and it's very easy to see which one of those is most likely to convert and give you an advance to the metric, like your North Star, and that is for you would be product. And for me, it would be users. And I can remember you saying when you got that the guy into the team, like, oh, that guy, is, he's essentially going to be going back through the code we've done and making it more glossy and making it better. You were slightly hesitant about it. And if you look at it now, is that necessary to have? I didn't think it was necessary at all either, but it was like, okay, if someone's contributing for free, then maybe he'll be able to do something useful after this. If he's not going to like, 
cause any problems like he can do it it's going to cost me an hour to explain to him like how to install things and stuff for him to then not do anything for any use like then yeah like, that's just a no do you think it's anything to do a bit different backgrounds because i liked what she was saying it was something that was very natural to me maybe because I've had, i'm someone who's naturally not good at this stuff so i've had to really get good at it whereas you have always probably been pretty good at this kind of stuff so you might be like being told or being looked into it for the first time it's like when someone says make your bed in the morning like make your bed in the morning and then your day starts to kind of impact like after that i think i'm naturally even worse than you like i've got like super dyslexia and like mild adhd kind of thing instead of already had to put like quite a few things in place but then kind of got away with it for a long time which is being used to being effective even though i sort of have a kind of chaotic way of doing everything i just found it really useful to kind of go through even though I had, i've had been going in this direction and i think if i had this read this like a month ago it would have been a lot more effective on what i was doing compared to now because i've just sort of through necessity i've just been like shit have worked out that all i need to do is build product and that's all i've been doing <laughs> in the last few weeks <laughs> but like i've basically been canceling all of my meetings and calls and been like jack you could take this baby that would be good and all my podcast recordings with other people and stuff just kind of like, yeah, I don't need to talk to people. All I need is a thing. It's like, a, I'm going to build the thing. <laughs> I don't need to talk to other people about the thing. I'm just going to build the thing. The only way you could justify talking to people is if you're going to tell them to advocates who are going to grow your products once you launch. That's the only justification you have. And on LinkedIn, with all the, the outreach I've been doing, it's like, if this person doesn't listen to podcasts or know someone who really close to them who would benefit from listening to podcasts, I need to stop talking to this person after like a sentence or two sentences. It's not even like because there's so many hours in the day, it's because I'm not conditioned well enough. I don't have that natural ability to work for six hours straight, whereby I don't mind. It's some, some people have a little conversation and go back to it. Like they'd be absolutely fine going back to it, right? And just, just cracking on. If I only have a limited amount of mental bandwidth where I can do that, and if I waste any of that time, talking unnecessarily i'm not going to get that time back like other people can, can do it's one of my weaknesses is i have to work in sprints yeah she doesn't go into much about like okay maybe delete all of facebook and all the crap on your phone that isn't helping and sort of other things that i think could be useful or like have to have like a better workspace setup or like any tools as such but i think i think it was useful and she does go into like having like a weekly review where you go through all your tasks and i think that is something we could be doing and one like what your tasks are coming up and also, so I've started doing the wide Combinator Startup School submission each week of like what your progress is, just talking about like, okay, how far are you along on your biggest goal? What's been your biggest obstacles? But I think that would be something we should do together as a team, just have some transparency and help us prioritize more. And we could actually sort of do that as a podcast as well as a roundup, like each week perhaps of like, okay, this is what we did. This is what our problems have been and this is what we're doing next. But I also don't have time to constantly be talking. But as, so if we can do that in podcast form where it's actually the thing, Okay, I don't really have, um, as we've mentioned, I'm trying to prioritize not doing meetings and just codings. I have to like have another call with you somewhere in the middle of a day that like breaks my flow again to talk about something we have to talk about. But if we can do it and like that's like the thing that we're doing anyway, then it's, it's kind of cool to record it and people can see the stuff that goes wrong for us and goes right for us and it's nice. It's like prioritizing how much capacity you have as a team is important. And there's no point like over committing to stuff that doesn't add too much value. But I guess people can give us feedback. If you'd like to hear these things, we could add it in as well. It's giving value to people and that's what's important. Anyway. That was pretty good. I, I think she was giving some kind of a guidance on some very like strict routine in how you look at work. A really good book I'd read as well on this stuff is Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink, which I've recommended so often, so many times. It's like 
you have to own your stuff. Like it just, it's called extreme ownership because any fault that goes wrong, like for example, if you gave me a deadline and product and you said two weeks is going to be ready and it wasn't ready and you turned around to me and said, oh, it's not ready. I would have some fault in that because I wasn't chasing you on your own deadlines because I've entered it into my 100% of time. I've allowed you to have 1% of that. And if you own 1% of it, you own 100% of it. So it therefore becomes my burden and I have to acknowledge that I should be able to help you or know that you're not going to hit the deadline. It's a really good book. Interesting. Okay, nice. Thanks for listening, people.